We are brought to you by M&S Mechanical and Home Improvement, LLC. If you need any HVAC or home improvement work, my guy, Anthony Merritt, is the guy to call. Uh, he does AC and heat installs, AC servicing, sheet metal, handyman work, or just general repairs. He's fully licensed and insured. I've known him for many years, and one of his things that he's always perfected his craft on was the passion for his HVAC work. We've been longtime friends and even uh, classmates. He is a great person and so great he will give you 10% off just for mentioning the Clocked Out podcast. So if you have any home improvement jobs or any HVAC jobs that are coming up, I would definitely recommend Anthony Merritt. You can reach him at 203-841-8385 or on Instagram at msmechanical1. That is 203-841-8385 or on Instagram at msmechanical1. Welcome back to the Clocked Out Podcast. Welcome to the show, man. Why don't you introduce yourself and uh, let everybody know what you do and um, why you're here. What, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, okay. Well, my name's Kyle Clark, uh, owner and operator of National Property Inspections in New London County. Uh, I'm based in New London County for the most part, um, but I go wherever, you know. Awesome. Um, I do have a gentleman's agreement to uh, uh, honor, so I always have to tell people this uh, just for that. Old Lyme and East Lyme are excluded from my territory of soliciting business, but I can do inspections there. Awesome. Um, yeah, the guy who trained me, he's been doing it for 20 years, and we cross territories all the time. It's just a matter of where we solicit. But anyway, um, I love my job, uh, and I got into it in kind of a random way. Uh, I was originally trying to be a film and you know videographer dude, okay. um, you know filmmaker. I went to Connecticut College and studied film. And, you know, by 2018, like, I was freelancing and this and that, and it just felt kind of awkward. You know, I, I'm good at what I do, but, uh, you know, in that sense, but it just didn't feel right. And so um, to also supplement my income at the time, because I was really kind of all over the place. It was a weird year. Um, my friend got me this job at a um, – it's called Municipal Valuation Services is the name of the company. And so cool. what we do is – or my job was to go out and data collect – for towns that were under a revaluation process. So, um, you know, that's a tax assessor's office. Mm -hmm. You know, they have to have all their information correct so that when they uh, do property taxes and stuff, they have the right data so they can properly tax that home for what it's actually worth. Right. So I would actually go door-to-door. -door. I was like a door-to-door -door salesman. Oh, man. Yeah. That should um, have been interesting. And you know what? I never thought I'd ever do a job like that. I, I thought this is going to be awful. The nice kind of thing about it is that I'm not trying to sell people things. It's right. much different more basic all i do is you know all i did was go to the door and have a clipboard with some you know information on it and i just confirm if the information's right or not and cool. then i leave who wants to open their door anymore to anybody probably no one nobody yeah especially if you're going to talk about taxes oh god yeah so um and the the last time i did was actually interesting because they were being double taxed in certain places because and the assessor actually got fired Wow. Um, but anyway, so, uh, you know, I have to go inspect houses, right? Very, very light-level inspections. Um, I got thrown to the wolves one day where uh, this lady, um, she has a grandmother, not a grandmother, a mother from Italy 
who didn't speak any English. She's like 90 years old. She's trying to advocate, advocate for her mother, and she's trying to see what she can do about her tax assessment. The problem was that uh, the property she was living in was structured as a two-family, so multi-family home, right? Um, but it didn't have a fire escape. Oh. So they couldn't legal. I had to tell them that you can't legally you know, rent it out as a two-family, even though it's structured that way because you don't have a fire escape. Now, I didn't know this like a week ago. Like I just managed to pick up information right. as I worked the job, and I was really surprised that I could even give this information, but it somehow just was in, in my head. Right, right, right. Um, and so uh, you know, I told her that, and I also said, you know, if you want to, you don't, you'll have to restructure the home differently to have it taxed as a regular home. Mm -hmm. Now, is that correct for every town? Am I correct at all? I don't know anymore, but either way, that's what I gave them as information. Turns out this lady goes to the assessor's office like every two weeks or something and bombards <laughs> them. Um, so yeah. everything I told her. Frequent flyer. Yeah, frequent flyer. Everything, <laughs> everything I told her was probably something she's been told many times, but right. I went through the house, you know, I talked to her, tried to keep her, you know, at ease about things and give her information and options. And I was counting rooms and doing all that. And then uh, I walked out of there feeling really fulfilled because she, you know, told me and communicated to me like, oh, okay, thanks. Like, I feel better now, you know. Right. And I felt fulfilled. So I'm thinking, wait a second, isn't there like a better version of this job? Like a more detailed, like legit version where I'm not going door to door like a weirdo. Right, like more hands-on or more involved, maybe. It, exactly. And also just, just uh, more legit in the sense like you have to like know your stuff and like you have oh, to yeah. be a real professional. You know, this job, anybody could do it, you know. Um, and I was, what was I going to say about that? Uh, oh, I forget now. But Anyway, um, that's when I started thinking about it. Uh, mm -hmm. That was back in the late 2018. And, you know, I was thinking about it, thinking about it. Then um, uh, in my Rotary Club, I'm part of Rotary International. I could talk more okay. about that um, later. But if you want, um, uh, a real estate agent uh, friend of mine in the club, you know, I, I just asked her, I'm like, so do you think home inspections and, you know, going into that industry is worth it? And she's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I started thinking about it more. Um, by the time I really thought about doing it, uh, I was in a new town doing revaluation stuff there. I first started in Naugatuck. Hey, that's where I'm from. No way. Yeah. Huh? What? Yeah. Well, son of a bitch. Yeah. Okay. Son of a bitch. I'm from Naugatuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> I talk crap about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, so did I. Um, you, are you from, or you used to live around there, or no. maybe no? Just you just started there. I, I'm a stubborn Guilford, Connecticut resident. Ah, okay. Um, so it's kind of ironic. I have a two zero three number on my car and on my like you know business stuff, and I work in New London County. So but... everybody's like, "You're eight six zero, right?" And you're like, "No, I have that same problem." It's 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 just like what? Well, yeah, okay. So you two. Um, and then I so then the next town I was in was Stratford. That's when I was really thinking about it. That was in 2019. Um, so folks that are listening to this right now, they're going to realize that I'm pretty new, uh, pretty new in the business. Uh, mid 2019, uh, I was, you know, uh, well, first I had to figure out who to train me, who to talk to, right. You know, is this good or not for me to do? So I, uh, I basically did what I do for my job. Here's the thing about us inspectors. We don't always operate out of like a legit like brick and mortar office okay you know my home office is in my house or in your car right it's like a, it's always road? in the car oh, okay. no i'm taking i'm doing phone calls in the, in, the, <laughs> in the car i did that like five times today right even though it's a sunday but you know it's it's a seven day a week type job it's a lifestyle 
Um, and so a lifestyle I like so far. Um, I love it. Uh, but yeah, um, the guy that I was introduced to, um, he's a franchisee for National Property Inspections. And I really didn't know anything at all. I just figured, okay, well, let me, you know, talk to this guy. Um, so what I ended up doing, I figured I'd walk into his office and say hello in person, just to introduce myself, you know. Um, and it turns out when I got there, it was at his house. Oh, man. I have this old car. I have this old station wagon that um, sometimes I use as my backup vehicle when my okay. professional vehicle is in repair or something. Yeah, yeah. I always tell real estate agents, like, okay, just so you know, like, you're going <laughs> to see this really sketchy dude in a giant wagon from the 70s. That's uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, no, no. I'm saying, like, oh, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Would, that's what you would like, say. <laughs> yep, that's me coming up. Um, and so... I drove the car up there, I pulled over, and then I just sat there thinking, like, what am I supposed to do? Should I walk in? Or, like, this is really awkward. Right. So I said, you know what? I do this for work every day. Just walk up to the goddamn door. And before I even had a chance to knock on the door, like, I literally had my hand up and ready, and then he opened the door. And he's like, oh, I saw you there with the interesting car. Okay, come on in. Who are you? And I'm like, yep, Kyle Clark, you know, just, just <laughs> wondering... And I was, like, kind of nervous, and he kind of sensed that. So he's like, yep, come on in. Just relax, you know. You know, he said it, like, three times. Jeez. And I'm like, I've never met the dude. He's never met me. It's just kind of weird, right? Mm. Um, and so, you know, then he told me about it. Um, and it's funny because I told him what I was doing at the time and kind of shifting away from which was film. He was actually in the film industry, too. Oh, shit. I know. And I'm like, What? And so, uh, yeah, he did, um, he was, uh, what exactly do you film me? Uh, well, I was good with weddings. I was really good with, oh, okay. uh, I, I think the right best up that alley. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind I of do photography on the side. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. There you go. I still do. I just oh, you don't, do? I don't like to advertise it too much cause I really don't like working with people. I've done a few weddings. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, I yeah. just, I'm, I'm more into the like landscape kind of photography oh, I got going you. on the road trip, doing Very that different. whole thing very different doing weddings is great and all and it could pay the bills if you're consistent with it but uh it's just not sometimes for me at least it's not really worth the stress well that's the thing i decided i didn't want to even though i was right. good at it and i can do it instinctually like i can literally do it with my eyes closed right um and when i started doing it i was actually kind of surprised at myself like you know like okay like you got this bro yeah um but uh you know i just i was moving away from it and i guess he was like a jib crane operator i don't even know any of the terms for like film stuff anymore so go figure i didn't stick with it right right he was doing stuff like that um and so that was kind of a neat connection point we already made right off the bat so right there you already got your foot in the door a little bit sounds like at least yeah a little bit and uh so he said you know think about it like there's different ways to do it different ways to start out you know different ways to run your business and he said you know i'm a franchisee so you know you you're on your you start running you're not you're, you know you're gonna be going pretty quick and I'm thinking, well, that's what I want to do. You know, I, I need to figure myself out here. Like, I'm 27 years old. I don't have a legit career. Like, what am I doing? Right. You know, I was and I was considering and trying so many different things. I was all over the place in my life, which, you know, I kind of strategically and intentionally did that. I feel that 
I'm I've sure done you do. So many different jobs and so many different career paths. It's you really know funny. <laughs> I was trying to find myself. I was composing right. music, making films. I was working for that data collection company. I was thinking maybe be a you know physical therapist assistant, maybe a pilot, uh, truck driver. Um, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Sounds those like are, the list just goes th- on and that, on. <laughs> well, those are actually like one of the. Well, they were like the main ones. Those ones I just listed out. Literally, holy shit. I know, and there were more. Um, and then I was working in restaurants and stuff. Like there was a lot going on. And, you know, like just recently I've, I've decided, you know, I'm cutting out all these side gigs. You know, I had this side gig doing photography, hmm. side gig uh, actually shooting video for po- right, a podcast, right. all this other stuff. And oh, so that's why you were like when you sat down, you were like, oh, this feels weird being on this side of the camera because yep. I'm usually on the other side of the camera. Yeah. All right. All right. Makes sense. And, you know, since college, because I was trying to find myself and trying different things. I had like four different jobs worth of equipment in my car and like I was all over the place. It made kind of for a scheduling like chaos situation. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, when you run your own business and you're a property inspector, you're going to run into that anyway. So I was already like prepared. I was, you already I was, were, yeah. I was practicing already without even knowing it. Wow. Um so anyway, um he told me about like what he did, which is, you know, sign up with a franchise. The drawback is that it does take a financial, um, you know, investment initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you get a loan and you work. And but you... that's that's any business though. Yes, that's any business though. You that's... have to invest in a business. Like, do you think these mics were free? Of course not. I mean, if you've been around yeah. podcasts before, you know that these ex- uh, these mics are pretty expensive. Yeah, uh, these cameras could be a little more expensive. But and you know, the cam- oh, I didn't know it was on video. Hey, uh... <laughs> I, I was like, what are those things? Those are small. Yeah. They're little webcams. Wow. Little okay. webcams. I mean, I'm only one person. Oh, so. well, I hope I don't get any, like, uh, this on my... I, I'm drinking a smoothie right now, and uh, you know what? I'm not going to bother wiping my face. No, nah, you're good. A... I'll let you know. Yeah. I'll let yeah, you know. You, you're you good. let me know, bro. <laughs> you got me. Um, yeah. So he said franchise. Here's the thing. Like, how do you even get a mentor to train you? Okay. You know, like, unless you, the company's hiring, right? Mm. Um. A friend of mine kept saying, like, you know, Tiger's hiring, Tiger's hiring, you know, and they're a big inspection firm. But I thought, well, you know, that's then I'm just kind of an employee. You're not really a business owner. And the thing is, like they say on the job training, but I'm thinking like, okay, but like, how is that going to go? Because like I already have gone through jobs with bigger companies, establishments where they train you. But Mm. you can't trust that you're going to get trained properly if they're going to actually give you enough intention, you know, Um, Uh, you know not that it wouldn't work out with tiger or whatever but like i i also thought well i want to own something i've always wanted to own something you know my own business good too and the thing is i was always like you know kind of avoiding it because it's scary like you have to try to start yourself up it's it's tough to get yourself out there you have to invest you have to take risk you have to do all these things that absolutely make the average person feel uncomfortable yeah yeah and the thing is i'm like i don't want to be average i can't do it i can't do the nine to five i tried it it's just like I just I can't like I'm pretty much incapable like I'll do it but I'm gonna do a horrible job. You're gonna do it like not not now obviously but you, you, if you <laughs> no. were doing it you were doing it just to do it and get by and pay bills and do what you had to do. You know what I mean? Like you're not doing it because you wanted to do it. At least with this, it sounds like you wanted to do it from the first day. Well, it's funny when I look at my life trajectory, um, like my whole life trajectory. It makes complete sense that I'm a property inspector. Mm. And so one day I was just like, like you idiot, why didn't you think of this already? Um. No, there's so <laughs> many, the problem, I honestly think the same way, but I think the reason why, um, like a lot of people, they don't understand how many different kind of jobs there were like 
you know, there are out there, I should say. Before moving out here, I used to work at a scale company. And um, before that, an appliance place. So I was delivering this fridge to the owner of this scale company. Mm. I had no, like, I was so oblivious to the idea that, okay, there are, there's a whole scale industry out there. Mm-hmm. And... I'm delivering this guy's fridge and, you know, he hears me like talking about how I, you know, I, I need to, you know, find another job, this and that, because I'm just not where I'm at, where I want to be in life. Sure. Yeah. And, um, and he pulled me aside after we were done and he was like, Hey, if you ever need, or if you're serious about a new job, come work for me. Hey, Kept it very mysterious. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't tell me what it was. <laughs> and it was so, and I tell this story to everybody at that company because it, it's a, I mean, it's kind of a risky story, but I had no idea the scale industry exists. And I go to this warehouse and meet this uh, older man, the guy that I delivered to. And uh, he takes me inside. It's just us two. They're closed on Sunday, so mm-hmm. no one else is there. I've had and a number of situations like that with people. You I know? even dropped someone my location because I was scared that something was about to happen. I don't even know what the hell. Ah! I'm meeting a random person in a warehouse not knowing – what the hell's about to happen? Oh, I know what you mean, dude. It's like oh, it was dark in there. Mean. It was dark in there. And um, Life's an adventure, bro. And I said, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going to take the risk. And I went, and uh, he ended up, you know, I walk in. It's all dark. None of the lights are on. Oh, so Jesus. this is even creepier. And then he starts turning on all the lights. And I start seeing these scales. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? It's like a movie, right? Right. It's like he has all these old scales on display. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, what the hell is this? And then he finally tells me. He's like, all right, so we build scales here. Mm-hmm. And um, and we uh, we distribute them all over the country, all over the world. We mm-hmm. build scales for uh, SeaWorld in Russia. Holy man! And all these other projects is crazy. And he said everything that is produced in this country, everything that is sold in this country, everything that is a material in this country, everything has to be weighed. Not many people know that. You know what I mean? Like that's a good point because not, how do they calculate shipping costs? Right. I that that's a everything that has to be. You just blew my mind. Everything wow. that everything in the world part is partially ran by scales. Wow. Calculated calculated weights to sell things and and do that. How the hell was I supposed to know that as just an average person? I didn't know, but it makes total sense. Right? It's so, like duh, right? Yeah, Once but, you <laughs> But that goes back to your case where you say, "Oh, why didn't I think of this earlier?" No one ever thought of, "Okay, I'm going to be a scale technician or a uh, uh, a totalizer, which is a part of a scale, uh-huh. a totalizer assembler. Right. Like no one thinks that's what I'm going to do. Even if that's the favorite thing that you love doing the most, mm-hmm. no one's going to think of that because it's not like a common job. No, you know what I mean. It's not like it's well known. It's not not too many people know about it. So I think that there's a lot of missed opportunities in the world just off of ignorance. You know, just off of like being ignorant to the idea that there's industries that you and i didn't even know existed like the scale industry we didn't even know that you know yeah the world pretty much (laughs) revolves around weighing products yeah it's ridiculous no totally true i mean i i like when i was a kid i was always like you know building forts and stuff and you know then it went to um gosh what was it uh well then when i was a little older like when i was like maybe 10 to 13 or something like somewhere around there I, i there was a show called trading spaces um, it's a really funny show. It was the show about how uh, two neighbors that are like friends with each other, they'll have a budget of two thousand dollars each, 
and then they'll have a like a well-known slash like kind of right. we- cool like designer interior designer person to come in and like mm-hmm. help them figure out how to do it and then they do all the work themselves whether they know how to do it or not oh shit and so you'd see them do this whole process of renovation and everything and it was it was really cool and then um you know i'm gonna just so then in high school I was in uh, the theater department, and, you know, building sets, carpentry, you know, lights and, you know, like electrics, all of all of that. Yeah. Um, and then in college, I carried on with that just because I figured I should probably try to stay a multidimensional person. That's kind of how I was raised. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but the cool thing was I was getting paid for it in college. Oh, sure. So I had myself a job. So um, they ended up uh, and then the music department, I, I ended up minoring in music by accident. Oh my gosh! Um, because I was interested in that as well, um, and uh, they actually hired me as a videographer and video editor for the music department um, video shoots for when they have performances. So I had that job, and I was working at the theater service. Busy man, yeah, um, busy, real busy. And, and it's like, and I think I'm just like, you always get yourself into the situation, Kyle. Like I'm always like, I gotta simplify. I gotta like, oh, where's all right. my time? But you know what? Everyone's the way they are, and so in speaking to that. You know, uh, I started taking architecture classes. Oh man, just in school, add just another thing, just random. Yeah, but I, you know, I, uh, which by the way, I took those two, and they were the oh, yeah? f- most. They were the coolest thing, <laughs> honestly, the coolest thing. Took it actually up at Three Rivers. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, right. they were the coolest classes I ever took. Word. Okay, yeah. we, we're definitely kindred spirits then. Yeah, uh, and of course, no wonder you're, you're doing a podcast. You, I'm, I'm shooting them. It's like, well, not anymore. I decided to get rid of that gig too. Okay. You know, I have to focus on my career now. So, so this uh, inspection uh, business that you run, mm-hmm. it is your bread and butter. It is what you do full like full time, and then you have all these side things that you like to do to keep busy as well. Yes, but um, I am not doing those side gigs anymore. So you're just 100% committed to the inspections. Hell yeah, bro. That's awesome. Yeah, That's no, because awesome. I'm really actually like interested in, in, in it and committed to it. Like so, I'm serious about it for once. What all. is what is like the day-to-day, like what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Like do you go into like these homes and inspect them to be sold or like how, what, what realistically are you doing every day to um, – to help people do yeah, to, yeah. To, like what what is it involved with like how how would you describe your day-to-day um responsibilities you know running a inspection company oh boy this is where i have to be really really good at talking about it now um <laughs> <laughs> it's sunday and i was only picking up a radon tester today and so I'm, my mind is somewhere else but um that's not actually true <laughs> uh but kind of um anyway uh so normally uh my job is for uh the buyers Right. You know, like, like, let's say you're buying a car. Well, that's why I was asking because I, I had someone inspect a house that I was about to buy. Oh, like, yeah? Yeah, like last year. There you go. And, so. and I wanted to talk to you about it because there were some problems with the house. Okay. But, um, so I was going to buy, in the beginning of COVID, I was uh, going to buy, this was before, like, the house market just exploded. Oh, the unprecedented uh, anomaly that occurred? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that one. Um so I was going to buy a small house um, in Waterbury. Mm-hmm. And now, before you say anything about Waterbury, we both know that it's not the greatest place to live. It's affordable, though. It's affordable to purchase it, not affordable long-term because, I mean, those taxes are ridiculous. But uh-huh. um, whatever. I was, in, I was dipping my toes in the um, buyer's market yeah. you know, because I was about that, at that point in my life. Absolutely. And, um, and so I had this house – 
and we were under contract. Everything was good, and it was for so cheap, so cheap. Of course. And um, yeah. you know, I could use some TLC and and this and that. Um, there was like a rad- radon system installed oh, in the basement. Um, and it was in a decent location for water beers on the east side of it, and a nice little neighborhood. My second cousin actually lives up there too. One of my um, cousins lives up there. Yeah, at least I think he still does. It was more Watertown, so it doesn't really count. But oh, okay, yeah. so that's the other side. That's the western side of yeah. Waterbury. But um, yeah, I was gonna buy this house, and I had the inspection done. Uh-huh. And uh, that's where it gets real interesting, right? right. <laughs> so something that was not uh, disclosed in the um, description of the house was that there was vermiculite insulation <laughs> found. Uh, I knew. I laugh because I'm not surprised. All the houses are from that era down there where they used to. Do you know what it is now? No. Oh, okay. So this was uh, an insulation method they used uh, back in the day before, like blanket insulation was done. Okay. Maybe even like loose fill, like uh, you know, blow into. It was one of the first types, right? Okay. So you know the first ones. Always, yeah. Always and a little you, rough. And you know what? It's weird though because I'm thinking, why did they even think this was a good idea? Um, and now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I'll look into it a little further. All I know is to how to identify it and, you know, look for it and find it, which is all that matters. It's um, the problem with it is that it's it's often uh, made with asbestos. Mm. Here's the thing. If you just leave it in the wall and don't touch it, you're fine. Right. But, uh, you know, if you start trying to move it around or if it's, you know, creeping out somewhere like, you know, spilling out of a hole in like a plaster wall that's old, which is likely to be there if it's an old house that needs right. TLC. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you're going to have some health concerns. Right. So, you know, you have to get rid of it by yeah. a professional. You know, that's so you tell me what the conversation was that you had, because, you know, it's one of those like awkward kind of things to find in a house. Well, um, the inspector was really cool and he pretty much broke everything down. Pretty much exactly what you're saying. You have and, to. Yeah. And he was like, listen, man, um, you know, it sucks that this is in the walls. And now that it was found, um, like it has to be disclosed yep. and uh whereas i think the last person to inspect it either a didn't do a good job inspecting it or b just pulled some shady shit to keep it off the uh disclosures but he was like listen man i would ask them to work with you and try to you know either take a few grand off to get it yep you know that's our uh, job cleaned up yep or um, if they if they're not willing to work with you, just back out of the deal. That's our job to say just that. It's all about price credits and you know all that kind of stuff. Right. So he he did point me in the right direction. I I did end up losing whatever the fee was. I think it was like five hundred dollars or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um and uh, we ended up backing out. I ended up backing out of the deal because uh because they weren't willing to work with me. And that's that's yeah. But that's not how it goes. But yeah. the only problem i have with that is that literally a month later not not even a month later everything just went boom like exploded the prices on the market went nuts if i bought that house if i bought that house and didn't even live in it (laughs) yeah i know didn't even live in it if i if i just bought it did not even live in it you would still make some money i would have made like 40 to 50 grand even if you took the shit out right right (laughs) because the house would have been purchased for like a hundred and nine thousand and uh-huh. I would have easily been able to sell it for about like maybe one fifty to one seventy five. 
Wow, it's probably like two hundred now, right? Or if it's maybe two hundred. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like I've been looking into buying In a fact, property. You know what? Maybe I might be able to find it uh, while you're explaining what you're about to explain. Oh, that'd be I might so be able funny. to find uh, the listing, oh, and wow. uh, and hopefully I could get a price on that because, like I said, the fact that I could be sitting on like fifty thousand dollars right now and I'm not. That's that's it's, really it's, frustrating. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. Um, yeah, no, I was just gonna say, like, I'm, I'm, I've been looking to, you know, buy a property pretty soon. You know, like, I'm still trying to get a few ducks in line, obviously, and you know, I want to make sure I'm really secure before, like, you know, I do that. Of um, course. You know, but uh, yeah, no, the way things are now, I'm, I'm much more motivated to just sort of wait, um, which is kind of like annoying. But then again, it, it gives me more time and more of an excuse to again get myself even more secure with my life. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm pretty much good you know right you know the business is going all right you know i don't have all these weird distractions anymore you know uh, i used to have a few family problems and personal problems like all that's taken care of it feels good to get that taken care of huh well you have to try just, everything just out of the way and and now you're like it's like a it's like a like a, an accomplishment type of feeling when Absolutely. like things are going good but mm-hmm. you know they wouldn't have been if you didn't put the work in yeah. for it you know yeah, what i mean you, you you own your life i was just because right. you know what right now I, I tore open houses you know give my cards out and you know just you know try to meet new people and you know it's pretty fun you know some folks don't want to see you at all because you're not buying the house right but <laughs> you know agents right. agent seem to be you know they're cool people and whatever and you know some are going to want you to work for them or and some won't you know it's all right but uh, I was saying to myself as I went through it, you know, uh, you know, one pamphlet pass is another. I'm just like, go, Kyle, go, Kyle. You got this. You own this. Like, you know, we, we're owning our life. We're oh, getting shit. it together. So I wasn't lying when I said a month after. Yeah. Um, they that's crazy. They just missed the the boom. They ended up selling it to somebody else. And they just so I mean. Karma's kind of a bitch, you know, sometimes. Yeah, maybe a little bit, yeah. <laughs> like, if you don't want to work with me on, like, a couple grand, they literally um, missed their opportunity to make significant money. They ended up selling it um, August 11th, a month later, uh, for <laughs> 114000 <laughs> Well, all right. That's the house. Oh, that's so cute. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, that's so cute. I was thinking of something else. Uh, you know, whenever I think Waterbury, I think of like, um, you know, like just a different type of house. That's really cute. Like those old school, like like bigger houses bigger that are houses turned that into are, like you know like multi-families. Yeah, or... no, that's that's a really cute little thing, right? There. Yeah, it was a single family. It was nice. It, it just needed some TLC, and yeah. it would have been perfect up until the point where they were like, Nah. Wait, let me see that picture again. When was it built? This was built. It looks like. It looks newer than, like, the era that I'd see Vermiculite in. I'm not sure if you know how to use Zillow. I don't know. I mean, I can, I can see if it says the, uh, the thing here. But it was know. just very, like, uh, like, left a bad taste in my... I could have bought that house and sold it two months or three months or even a year later, and I would have made bank on it. Yeah. And, um, and I didn't. I did not, which was uh, pretty crazy. But, uh, oh, 1942. Wow. So that had vermiculite in it, huh? I don't, uh, that's normally something I see in like a 1910, 1920 house, maybe 1930. But, right. You know, I don't know. It's like, all right, fine. You know, they're, they're close enough to that, like, era mm. of like, that was what they used. Yeah. Um, wow. Wasn't even a big house to no. remove it from. There was a slight little addition. 
on uh-huh. it, like in the back. It was just like a sunroom. Oh, nice. But there was a lot of work that needed to be done there, like a lot, like a lot of TLC, uh, like just cosmetic stuff. Sure. But then also um, there was talk about like ripping down a wall for a certain thing, and then once he said the vermiculite thing, that was out of the question, really. Yeah, it's good you didn't go in there and rip down that wall. Right. You know. Right. And so, uh, yeah, no, I just uh, backed out of it because – it just wasn't it. and then to resell it afterwards to to have to disclose all these things it's a in uh-huh. my opinion it's a hard sell you have a radon system already you yep. have vermiculite in the walls you have waterbury taxes like all those things just keep adding up it's going to be a hard thing to sell in the future right yeah well the thing is that's why so pre-listing inspections are what i do for um sellers so it's normally for the buyer, but sellers, you know, sometimes they want to know what they need to do in their house so mm. they can sell it for a higher price or optimize their chances of a buyer being interested. Um, I, I don't like doing them, though. Like, I'll do them and I enjoy my job. But what makes it tough is that people are trying to sell their house and present it, right? Okay. Once you get the inspection and you find stuff like that, now people are going to know when they didn't have to because mm. maybe the inspector would miss it, which, you know, that, that doesn't tend to happen. But... Um, yeah, no, it's hard to have those conversations, but you know, you have to just, you know, you have to See, be tactful and just sort of be open-minded. Yeah. For me, I would have been more upset. I, I mean, yeah, you're upset like to lose out on potentially selling for like a fifty thousand dollar profit, but um, to me, I was more, I would be more upset if it was like my dream house of everything that I wanted and Absolutely. checked all the boxes, Very and then emotional. they say, and then they say, hey, by the way, this house sucks. <laughs> It could be devastating. In a more professional way, but yeah. It could be devastating. And that's why I said you have to be tactful with this stuff. Because when you tell people these things, it's like you have to reassure them that, like, there's a, you know, we can still make this work. Right. But here are the steps. Here are the options. Here are the suggestions, price breakdown, whatever. Depending on your tolerance for, you know, home repairs and, you know, cost involved. Like, you know, some some people, you know, they want a project house. Yeah. And I I would love a project house for sure. Oh, there you go. I would love a project house. And that's something I I try to sort of figure out with folks first because then I know what context they're in. So I can figure out what pieces of the context I see in that specific house, depending on the style, the construction, the, you know, the age it it is, you know. Um, there, there, you know, communication is just important. Of course, you know? I feel like uh, the process of buying a house could be so gruesome mm-hmm. and just like let down after let down after let down. Even renting now, which is insane. Um, I was looking for an apartment and just getting like outbid by people <laughs> for an apartment. <laughs> yeah. For an apartment, <laughs> no. it was ridiculous. How do you outbid someone? Like, how do you just come in last minute and say, here's an extra two, $300 a month? You bastards. Right, but <laughs> that's, n- like, almost unheard of, you know, for renting. And now yeah, we that's have like a, lot. a lot of people coming in from out of state, Yep. and that's what, you know, that's mm. the result of that. And you know what? It can also be devastating for the real estate agents, too, because mm. they're trying to make their money. You know, these these people buying the house, they're trying to, you know, make themselves comfortable, live a nice lifestyle. The real estate agents are trying to support their lifestyle by, right. you know, making these exchanges work. Mm-hmm. And so that's also why you have to be tactful. And, um, you know, sometimes you see it in their face when they, you know, you, you, you know, these issues are found or I should say concerns. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, that's what I hate because I don't want anyone to be like upset. You know, it's mm. like I got so lucky with this place. Literally, my friend sent me the Facebook ad. I reached out and um, fortunately enough. 
all the other candidates were not as good, <laughs> I right, guess. There you go. And um and uh yeah, it just it it was a smooth process to get in here. But mm-hmm. up until that point, um when I was looking for like two bedroom apartments and three bedroom apartments uh with a buddy of mine, uh we were just getting shot down. And I think that's because families are moving to Connecticut. Really like a one bedroom like this is not um not that hard to like find because like they're not really app like appealing to the family like you oh, okay. can't have a family in here yeah uh, but that's why a lot of houses and even apartments now like that are more than two bedrooms um being for rent are just flying off the market oh yeah no absolutely and it's not settling down we not keep yet. saying like oh it's gonna calm down like the housing market's gonna calm down everything's gonna calm nothing's calming down we have entered a new era we've entered a new equation yeah yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, whoopsie, but not really that No, way. I mean, it's, <laughs> but, it's, a, it's definitely a tough, tougher scenario that we're all in now. And yeah. um, hopefully things bounce back. You know, we'll see. But uh, I was fortunate. Like I said, I was fortunate enough to find this place. Uh, it's been working out for me since. And, uh, yeah, no, hopefully – Hopefully things calm down so that when it's time to find a house, you know, like I'm not going through that same process that I was before because that process is like gruesome. It's Mm -hmm. like the one house that I actually love the most. They were not willing to work with me because you get approved for a certain amount of money, right? Based off of your income and your debt. So your debt to income ratio and you get approved for a certain amount and how they work those numbers and what they how many how much money you put down and all that um you know i was off by like a couple thousand dollars uh-huh. right and i didn't have the rest of it to put down uh-huh. and they only approved me for like a couple thousand less hmm. and they wouldn't budge they uh, would not budge at all of course it, not i mean who it, was gonna want to right well, it's just a reality right. but still that's frustrating man isn't it but it's they didn't budge at all from their listing price uh, and they took uh, not months, weeks to get back to me at a time, <laughs> and I'm just like, this whole time I could have been finding something else. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys are dragging me along, making me think like, okay, maybe we'll work with you. Oh, maybe we won't. And then they ended up not working with me. Instead, they ended up pretty much like shunning me and having like an open house and uh, trying to find the biggest, baddest offer that they could find. And, you know, I understand that, too. Everybody has to make money. Yeah, everybody, but it's still like, come on. And then, you know, your your agent's probably like, shoot, like, you know, because they're trying to find something that's, you know, right for you, and they have to go through those complicated processes. Right. And, you know, you know, and based on what you said, not just because you just said it, but, you know, it, it can be a really, like, tough process. And so, you know, my job, you know, granted, it, like, my job is to find stuff that you're not going to want to hear about. Yeah, you so know? you're always pretty – you're so, tasked to be the bearer of bad news. So I try to make it fun. You know, I bring yeah. refreshments to the inspection. If you're a nervous eater, you skip breakfast or, you know, if you just want something nice to drink or whatever. I don't bring alcohol except on special requests. <laughs> just kidding. I never do that. Um, I'm actually switching away from soda. I think I'm going to go with, like, healthier options instead okay. of the snacks and drinks I have now because nobody drinks any of it or eats yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not a soda guy. Yeah, oh, I, I am. An I'm definitely an alcohol guy. You bring a beer or two to the – Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, the thing, well, some people are – have like been like yeah could you bring some and i'm like oh, i wish i have a license yeah to, you gotta be um, professional you know yeah, for sure um but you know the thing is i try to keep it um not as little professional as possible but i try to keep it loose like i'll start professional absolutely 
and you have to be that way no matter what. Of course. But you know, uh, you know, you read people and you try to act accordingly, and right. that's part of what um, you have to do to, uh, for me at least, what I I do to kind of make it an enjoyable process as much as possible. Mm. You know, it's kind of like, you know, let's say you go to two dentists and you get the same operation or whatever. You know, the first dentist, you know, he doesn't really talk much. He kind of just sticks all those st stuff in your mouth and he does a great job, but you don't really get a sense of who he is. You know, you don't really know exactly how he did what he did. You know, the process going through it, you were like, I don't know. Then you go to a second dentist, you get the same operation, but, you know, the guy introduced himself and he's just like, yeah, so we're going to put this thing in there first and this is what we're going to do. It might feel a little, you know, weird here. Right. You know, like, are you okay? Does it hurt? Which it's, dentist are you going to go to? It's going to make the process, because no one likes going to the dentist, but it's no. going to make the process a lot better when they are more vocal about things. And the thing is then, um, you know, then when you're in that operation, yeah, it's kind of painful. <clears throat> Excuse me. But then you're more open to those less than fun parts to hear about or feel. For sure. You know, you have to keep people open-minded. Mm. Um, because then at the same time, that, that works for everybody because – um, you know, then the agent doesn't have to struggle so much with saying to folks like, you know, like, oh, don't worry about that. Like, they don't have to do that. I could help calm them down a little bit, the, the, okay. the clients a bit. Yeah. And, you know, that's not necessarily my job, but I consider it part of my job. Yeah. I mean, that will going above and beyond, honestly, would make you better than most because of that extra effort. Like, you could be the type of person to just show up to your job and do very minimal effort. Or you could be the guy that always goes above and beyond, always means well, always tries to look out for people. Like if you're a type of person, an honest worker mm -hmm. um, and a professional, then – And you I own feel, your business prior yeah, to ownership. And even it, say, for example, even if your business isn't going that great, if people just keep their head down and do those things and be the uh, like a good, genuine person, I, mm -hmm. I genuinely feel like if you're a good person and you do things the right way, uh, you will – ultimately have success in one way or another whether that's your business whether that's your life whether that's anything if you genuinely like are an honest worker yeah. and you look out for your clients it's pretty basic but it's it's, like... it's common knowledge but you'd be surprised <laughs> at how many people they don't give a shit about their employees or their or, uh their customers their clients oh no i've seen it and uh they're not an honest worker they will screw people over at every opportunity they can um, I genuinely feel like if you do the right thing every time and you look out for people and you're just genuinely a good person slash professional, um, good things will come. Well, that's part of what I have fun doing. Right. Here's the thing. Every, I, I try to minimize my ego as much as possible, but everyone needs an ego boost and I'm going to give myself an ego boost. You know how right. I do that? I watch how good I can treat people. Yeah. I know that sounds kind of like me, you know, patting my back and kind of like, you know, no, right it doesn't. now, but it doesn't, uh, you know, okay, it doesn't well, because it doesn't because it's so hard to find these days. It's hard to find people out there that genuinely care about other people. See, I can't believe that, though. Like, don't I don't think so? I, I don't. Well, the thing is, I mean, I don't not believe you. It's just like when I hear you say that, it's like, seriously, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not it saying is. it doesn't make me happy to say things like that, but. When you uh, yeah. really start thinking about people and and society and and how we treat each other and mm -hmm. the world that we're living in today, it's it's pretty much the norm. It's cutthroat sometimes. Yeah. And, and you know what? I feel like people have. It's not an excuse, but the the world we have, the kinds of systems we have, and uh, sort of the. I don't know, incongruencies uh, in society and the systems we have, you know, it's it's very, very easy to be disenchanted with the way things are going. 
yeah and the, and how things have kind of had their trajectory over the past uh and by the way here's something that's kind of frightening so this uh capitalist like consumerist like you know type of you know culture that we have at least in our country and like you know in in our you know western part of the world or whatever mm. that's only been around for 70 years it's only been around for one generation here's the thing this system we're in it teaches us either intentionally or not that this is how it was for centuries that's not true there's a lot that's been let go of and forgotten about from even medieval like 40, times or even from 40 years ago yeah and the thing is it's like you know we it, it's so it's been so easy for society to forget about certain things that really were working well but of course we don't know that they're important to keep because they're just working for us right whatever those you know practices or are or things that are just uh unfortunately connected to or paired with any other things uh might be phased out just because they're affiliated with or obsolete not profitable enough right, it's all about right. in fact um two things now this first one I, I have to re-watch the video um but it was an old video from the 1950s um it was like a social studies type film that i ended up watching on this roku channel okay it's fascinating they have all these old things you, you basically get a sense of what people were learning back in the you know 50s and 60s oh shit and so they were talking about how um now that they're do now that they're inventing malls and inventing car dealerships like inventing all that stuff that's like what we have now as a regular like for capitalist and consumerist whatever apparently um like going world war ii and backwards um pricing was government controlled to regulate the economic balance so that's not that's not controlling the supply that's not like you know uh communist stuff yeah. communist is controlling supply apparently our country and maybe others world war ii and before prices were controlled by the government rather than corporations because there has to be an economic balance mm. um in terms of what people are paid you know what's the affordability of everything you know so that some people you know so the people don't get screwed over right and when we look back you know the middle class was stronger than ever back in that era right when they changed it right right when they changed it to corporate corporation controlled pricing that's when it changed right because and understandably of it, course it, if i run a corporation i'm going to try to maximize my profits exactly but then what's the result then you have all these slums forming everywhere and your country sucks now because you're you know these corporations of course they're not going to want to think about that that's a that's, a, that's a, like a different way that i've heard people describe what what how like how the impact of certain neighborhoods and certain things like that were based or where it came from exactly. that's the first time i heard that um like sight on it you know what i mean i never really yeah, heard that absolutely that, correct that view on it so there before i get to the second thing i'll say this so um and and now i forgot so sorry <laughs> no it wasn't you it's like i literally just it, stuff like just leaves my mind um going to my job actually gives me training in my mind to not do that as much mm. i was I, I was officially diagnosed medically diagnosed with attention deficit disorder when oh, i was a shit. kid Damn. now apparently i got bipolar I, I had a freak out i went to the hospital the whole really? thing by the way if you have a if you say oh i'm so ADD today if you weren't officially diagnosed then shut the fuck up okay because you don't actually get it Damn. and you don't you know here first and you know what <laughs> granted I, i'm sure that i sound like an intelligent focused person right now but that's because i had to take a lot of work i had to work a lot to discipline myself yeah and the more you're held back in life 
And if you still succeed as much as everybody else, you're actually stronger because you had to work harder. Right. Anyway, um, this th that's that's what the other thing was kind of. So corporate controlled stuff, right? Yeah. How it um, all changed when yeah the government they they gave they went control to the corporations. Yeah. Um. And the thing is, like, pe the, <laughs> this is the thing because uh, now people are are led to think, understandably so. Mm unfortunately so that this system that we have now capitalist corporate whatever because they think this is how it's always been um and because corporations i'm gonna get this connects to the second part okay people think that if the government's going to take control of corporations or pricing of anything oh the government's going to take control and it's going to be a capitalist socialist system first of all we already have socialist programs in the united states Mm -hmm. So if we're going to worry about socialism taking over, well, guess what? It's actually helping us because guess what? If you're, you know, like a senior citizen or whatever and you get Medicare or whatever, that's a social service. So thank your government for giving you free health care when you're complaining about how, you know, socialism is taking over everything if you're that kind of person. Okay. Or, um, for instance, um, you know. Uh, people like complain about, uh, I guess I'll give an example. There's, there's certain folks in my family who, um, they, they had, they had, there's, there's some parts of my family, they have special needs kids. Okay. Right. And, uh, you know, then the parents and everybody else, they're like, oh my God, socialism, this and that. Oh, it's so horrible. And like, okay, well, wait a second though. First of all, socialism already exists in our system, but is put in a place where that it's not going to expand to a point where it overtakes the country. Mm -hmm. That's impossible. The other thing is you have your two children on Social Security benefits. So if Social Security, a socialist program, did not exist, then you would not have funding for your children. So why are you complaining about taxes? And, and some, some of these people in my family, they don't have to do any work to get any money because they're rich. Right. Right. So, and here's the other thing. Not only are you not in a, a position to complain about that because you don't have to work for your money, but at the same time... It's like, you know, taxes aren't going to go away. No, and taxes are only going to go up. And it's never going to change. You can't control it. So stop complaining about something that you're not going to be able to influence. Like, it sucks. I, yeah. I don't like taxes. I hate taxes. Mm. But I don't complain about it because it's not going to – it's just going to make my day horrible. Can I go to the second one? It's just, I'll make it short. No, talk, talk as much oh, as okay. you want. I don't care. So, yeah. so, conne <laughs> so connecting to that whole thing where, you know, people are now convinced that, you know, this system that we have now has existed for centuries – and that, you know, social and socialist stuff is bad. Oh, whatever. Um, here's the other thing. So um, government controlled pricing then went to corporate controlled pricing. Right? right. We saw how that went. Middle class is, you know, not so strong anymore. That means our country's a little weaker. We got a bunch of weird pockets that are not so good. And that's hurting the country. It makes our country look like shit. Yep. Um, and I don't want to live in a shitty country. No um, one does. I, I, I don't want. No one does. I don't want to. Yeah. And I don't want to be in a neighbor. I don't want to have these neighborhoods everywhere that have like faltered because of that. Here's the other thing. You know why people are so convinced now? Because back in the 80s, I, I'm going to have to watch this one again, too. This video. It's it's um, what was the series called? But anyway, it was a documentary about um, it, they go decade by decade. And, you know, they say, OK, these are the major things that happen in they each decade in, okay. in the 20th century. In the 1980s, news stations were freaking the fuck out because all of a sudden their funding was going to be coming from corporations instead of mm. the local community. 
So guess what happens? Corporations are going to try to subconsciously influence the viewers of these these news stations, which are supposed to, quote unquote, legitimately we, report on the facts. I just talked about this on the last episode. There you go. I don't have to say anything. No, else. Like, no I'm just saying like the media. I hate how the media is so controlled and controls people by the masses. And then they and then they're like, oh, can socialism and the government are going to control everything. It's like, no, you guys like. It's actually the other way around, and I wish people would, like, realize that. I don't blame them for not understanding it. Right. But at the same time, it infuriates me because then they take it further and say, oh, well, this this group of people that that's, that's that color, you know, it's their fault for that reason. And those people from that country, they're going to hurt us, and they, they suck because of this and that. It's like, no, 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 let's step back for a second. Let's not point fingers. By the way, have you ever noticed how the um the people or or the voices out there i'll say mm -hmm. okay fine news stations have you ever noticed how the ones that are the best at point finger pointing and the most who do it the most guess what whatever they're finger pointing about they're probably doing that same game but even better because they it's know all a game because they know how to point it out and point the finger anyway well, it's deflection exactly it's called deflection thank you it's called deflection and and when you try to deflect blame deflect guilt deflect anything onto somebody else it's so unproductive it, well you're you're also it's because you are not that innocent you are deflecting it off of yourself and pointing it at them because you are trying to give them the attention for something that you might be doing. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's and, exactly and, it. And um, it's, it's so sad and frightening. I mean, the way that we, I mean, the way that we have our country set up, it it could work. It the, could. The problem is you mismanagement. Have to have a, yeah. And, I didn't mean to interrupt, but mismanagement. No, and, and mismanaged healthy, capitalism is the enemy. Right. Capitalism is good. Mismanaged capitalism is unhealthy. It's just a healthy balance of everything. Government controlled pricing. It was working. Yeah. Now, granted, you could say, oh, 1929, the, you know, the stock market crash and oh, da, da, da. that wasn't because of government controlled pricing. Mm. That was because of, of, of like, like extreme frivolity in, in uh, money making schemes. Again, money making stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, well, anyway, so it's just, it's crazy <laughs> the world we're living in, man. And, and, and like I say, <laughs> I don't mind the world we're living in, but it, it it has to be a healthy balance that that people can understand is right, healthy, right? Right, right. And 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 uh, and you know, like you were saying earlier, you know, people that are just like my biggest thing is like when people take advantage of um, the the social services that we do have and misuse yeah, so them good. for you know the per like the complete opposite purpose that they were designed for because then yep. you have enough people doing that mm -hmm. it's just going to make it make matters a lot worse and yep. worse for you and i yep. who are hardworking, honest people that make an honest living um i feel like those people always finish last and it's, it's bad for the corporation it's, it's too. bad for everything it's actually yeah, like I mean, you know <laughs> it's, it's, I, but I, I i genuinely feel like like a lot of the times I find myself as like an honest worker who just goes to work, puts his head down nine to five, Monday through Friday. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, we get fucked, we get fucked a lot. And it's like, I, I just wish it was just, people really want like everything to be equal across all boards as it should. Um, then the opportunities, everything 
that is given to us should be equal throughout every category. If we're going to go 100%, like, everyone gets the same shit, then we need to be, like... We need to be like that throughout every category. I feel like. How do we do that? I'm not an econ- I'm not like an economics major by any means. I but- took I took a few classes. Um, here's the thing: the whole equal thing. I think people, um, not to diminish your point or to dismiss your point, because no, you no, no. your point is very, you know, not only heartfelt but very humanitarian focused, which is exactly mm-hmm. what it should be. Um, the thing is, it's like it, it's never going to be equal. There's always po- there's always it po- can't be. No, it can't. The thing is, at le- at least create a better balance right i mean that's what you're saying right Right. at least make it a a more manageable and approachable balance right that's not maybe you know how to articulate that a lot better than put it into words a lot better than i can well you know to make it not unfair and engineered you know like 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 uh, like it's jerry it's called gerrymandering right when when you uh adjust the uh the i don't know they're doing it in texas right now where they're trying to make it so it's harder for um folks that just started moving in there to um give their vote through the system. I don't actually know how it works, but mm. here's the thing. Apparently, it's colored folks. What's that? You know, like uh, people that aren't white. But, well, but uh, I know that, but what, like what What do you mean? Like they... Like in other words, the government, at least some parts of the government who want to, you know, keep control of, you know, their ability to kind of like keep the corporations and the rich people like rich, even though they really don't have to get any richer. So like... So you're saying people of color are... People, maybe not even people of color, but populations of people that they know from whatever type of research they've done or patterns that they've seen that they've analyzed or have had analysts, you know, uh, look at and look for. Hmm. They're seeing that these people are going to vote against what they want, which is making corporations more and more able to screw us. Ah, and okay. so And so they're, so they're, and they're basically cheating. Wow. They're basically cheating. So pretty much using they're basically cheating like the people that cheat the, you know, social security system. <laughs> right, right. So wow, that's I never heard of that. Yeah, it's I some never... bullshit, right? Um Yeah, no, I just think that um at the end of the day though, uh this country it's hard to to have every every opportunity to be equal when you have different levels of um, you know, work ethic, education, opportunity, uh, it's hard. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's not to say it's right. It's to say that that's the reality. Yes, of it. Some I was people, say, yep. some people were not raised in the household that I was raised in. I was very fortunate to be in the middle class and, and, uh, you know, that does kind of, uh, that orients you that, yeah. And it also kind of narrows the, the uh, room for failure, I feel like it, hmm. it it narrows the opportunity for failure when you have when you're set up so much for success. You know, does yeah. that make sense? No, it does. But at the same time, it's kind of funny. I'm I'm not going to counter your point here, but one part that's also important to consider that's kind of interesting is that people have different brains too, mm. and people are going to have different intentions. You know, it's it's sort of like. Um, sometimes you see folks that are, are set up for success in every way whatsoever. And they fail. And they fail either because they really just can't do it, they're not capable for whatever reason, or because they're not capable because they have a personality that, you know, is, is more geared towards cheating and, you know, not, you know, then again, some of those people are set up for success and then they cheat well, all over. Well, it all stems back to my point earlier where it's like, I feel like if you make an honest living and you're an honest person and you treat people good, good things are going to happen. It, if true. you're always about lying and cheating 
and you know screwing your neighbor over for a buck yep yep it's gonna catch up to you it is you and, know yeah and the thing is some people like you know they're they <laughs> the thing that's that's kind of annoying to me is that and i know it because it's just when you just use your logic you know there's so many people out there that are probably very very good at fixing or figuring out all these problems that nobody else has managed to figure out yet but unfortunately, they're in these environments that um, aren't catering towards um, oppor- giving opportunities for people to enter those um, uh, enter those dialogues and those forums uh, of pro- you know professional people and whatnot, and mm. those environments that are maybe a little higher level that give you the opportunity to you know figure those things out and actually execute your knowledge on it. Right. You know, it's right. like, but it's like, how do you you know? Has your has your business uh, taken a hit through the years of or however long you've been doing it through the time of COVID or with COVID now? So my my business is a referral based business. You know that's how I get business. It's about relationships. Mm-hmm. When everyone's staying away from each other, that makes a big challenge. Okay. I, I made a whole video series on YouTube as a way to supplement that to you know get my personality out there, get people to send, you know, get people so they can get a sense of who I am mm-hmm. in the end. Kind of like that whole dentist thing that I said, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's first of all, it's a given that you're going to do your job right as an inspector, at least it should be. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, and, and so like, okay, there you go. Fine. It's really about how you handle people and handle those, you know, things you find. And, you know, I, I'd rather have an inspector that, gives me all those options and encourages me and and keeps me kind of level-headed rather than letting me just start swirling around in my brain because then I start to think illogically. And when you think that way, then you're fear-based. And then you're going to pull out of the deal. Then the agent is screwed. Then, you know, the the guy that's trying to sell the house, you know, the gal trying to, you know, buy it. Like, they're all screwed because the dude was, you know, inspecting it and just sort of maybe not taking it like (laughs) – Sometimes you'll find folks that will try to strut their stuff by try- trying to pick out every little thing and say code violation and well, but blah, 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 blah. here's the thing. We don't care if you're smart about that stuff. You should just be able to know that. Okay, stop right. trying to prove that because you shouldn't have to. What you need to prove is that you can you can make people comfortable when you, it's, it takes a bit of it's not easy to reassure people when there's a crisis. You have to use your brains for that. And if you're not doing that, then you're not doing half your job as a home inspector. I'm going to say this one other thing because I, I ran into this today. Uh, no, was it today? No, no, that was a different thing. Somebody at some point, an agent was like, you know, I just met the person. And they're like, oh, do you specialize in antique homes? Here's the thing. If you're an inspector and you're legit... <laughs> Every home is something you specialize in. Granted, antique homes, there's a lot more layers to oh, look yeah. through. Like the oh, yeah. vermiculite insulation, you're in a house from like, you know, 1960 and after, like you're not going to find that. Sure, be aware that it might be there, but it's very unlikely. Older houses, sure. And there's a lot of other stuff you have to be aware of that you don't necessarily have to be aware of with a new house. Right. However, there, there, there should be. I, I can't believe that when I got into this industry and, and found this out that there's some kind of thing, like quote unquote thing, about being a quote unquote you know specialist in you know old houses. And I, I hope I don't sound like cocky or arrogant, but the thing is, you, you your training at least should point to you, um, you know, knowing every single house of every type of every age. 
if there's a uh, the whole specializing in old homes thing that's a fucking marketing ploy and right. i do not use that yeah especially like well if you're you would be let's say let's just say for example you would probably specialize in older homes if you were in a region that literally only had <laughs> A majority of older homes right yeah but either way or most of your practices or most of your uh calls or uh clients they have older homes sure but you would still be like available to inspect a newer home you know what i mean it like, shouldn't be it, it, it shouldn't be a it shouldn't be yeah. special like granted like I, I see it you know and and maybe that's part of like the reassurance type thing you know having confidence in your inspector right <sighs> here's the other thing there's this whole thing where it's like, well, experience counts, experience matters, and no, 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 no. It does. Experience very much counts. But you can be doing your job for 30 years and have just as much experience as someone who's been doing it for maybe a couple. Now, right. I, I mean, and that doesn't make sense, right? But it does, because here's the thing. You could have known everything like, and then had a career for 30 years. You've had an experience of 30 years in the career, right? Mm-hmm. But you already like knew everything, and you kind of just learn new things as you go, right? Mm -hmm. There's also people who study very hard and still go through the ropes and get taught by someone who's been very. Ex I guess I'm just promoting myself. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna. Keep hey, that's it, what it's all about here. You, and, know? you know, I'm gonna just keep it real. But the thing is, it's like, you know, um, I learned from a guy who has all that experience already. Granted, I've only been in the business for a while. So I can't necessarily say, well, experience counts, and I've been experienced. But the thing is, I've already been exposed to all of it. Right. You know, so it's right. so when they say experience counts and like I'm the older guy here, you know, or whatever, like, okay, fine. Like, that's cool. Yeah, like, that's it, cool. That's it, awesome. Have that experience. Like, that's awesome. Right. Like, good for you. But at the same time, again, that's kind of like the ho old house thing. Okay, fine. Well, guess what? It doesn't. Well, experience counts. Yeah, well, guess what? You should be experienced enough no matter what age you are, no matter how long you've been in the business, to do it. Mm. Now, am I going to say that I'm an expert and that I know everything? No. But you know what? I'm pretty damn good at my job. And that's the thing, though. It, like, if you're confident, like, if I know how to do something 100%, like, 100%, I've done it a thousand different ways. I've seen every problem that could go wrong with it. I've... Um, diagnosed problems that could go wrong with it sure um if i know how to do something and i have so much confidence in something i'm going to not only um like disregard people that question me or question my knowledge in something but i'm also going to make it very known that like i'm a master at this or i am so confident in this you're not going to be able to find a flaw in what i'm doing or okay. what I'm talking about or what I'm building or any anything as far as having confidence or knowledge in something. So if you have confidence in your ability to do your job, uh, to me, experience, yeah, I, I'm all for experience as well. But you could only go so far with using that experience card. You know what I mean? Oh, you can. The thing is, though, I'm not going to disregard anybody that says, like, here's the thing. There's always something to learn. Mm. No matter what how long you've been in it the guy that's trained me he's been doing it for 20 years he told me i still find stuff i haven't seen before it's gonna happen with everybody in the industry thing is if someone you know challenges me on something i i say i have knowledge on i actually appreciate that because guess what it shows me a new thing to think about that i can research into more 
that's that's literally when you say let's say you try to insult me mm. or put me down and say like no nah, you, you can't do this just as well it's like well i kind of can already but you know what i'm gonna double check i'm gonna double check if you're right or wrong so guess what that makes me you know that makes it easier for me to get better at my job all right you know uh it's kind of like being open to you know critical thought whatever that is you know it's like you know and the thing is sometimes it's just little tiny things i i the thing is i just love houses and i'm always really curious about shit so right. like you know if it, like and by the way i'm really into like floral wallpaper so if i see that sometimes i kind of want to like take a picture of it or be like okay when did they make that stuff and what era did that cut like just little things like that right uh and then it comes to little things like you know why is the dishwasher not turning on well sometimes you have to flick a little switch on the the wall there and you know you don't know that stuff until you do it right it seems like you're very detail oriented and i feel like that's that has to be like probably the strongest asset for any home inspector to have is being you talk about even you know, thinking of the the wallpaper, like even something so little like that, like you have to be detail oriented to do a job like that because your job is to inspect. Yeah, and here's the thing: like some of it, it's like it's like stupid stuff nobody even bothers to do. Like I get, I love to teach people about houses and give them tips. Like it's just fun, and I'm kind of a talker, so like right. I just go. Some I had to like <laughs> this one lady. She was like, "Are you just trying? Like you know, you talk a lot. Maybe she's. I'm like, I was going the same speed no matter how. That's it. Maybe I was going a little slower. Okay, Maybe you fine. were born to do podcasts. Well, well, here's the other thing. <laughs> Maybe maybe I was going a little slower in the inspection because I was talking to her a lot. Mm. But, you know, here's the thing. I'm not going to take that as a, like, criticism. I'm going to say, okay, maybe I should think about that for the next one. You know, let's, yeah. and let's see if I can do it a little better in that way because she's – and the funny thing is, though, you know, this house, like, it was not – the house wasn't in good shape. In fact, the agent that um, was helping her try to find a house, he said to me in private, he's like, yeah, you know what? They should probably just burn this house down. He, li- he literally said that. And, of course, you, you never say that in front of anybody except if you're agent inspector, like, you know, private. That's private. Yeah. Don't ever say that. out. <laughs> but then, you know, so I was trying to really drum up the, the tactfulness and the positivity just so that, you know, so it's easier for her to see the things that I'm seeing as I tell her about them. I think out loud. Right. I let her know what I'm seeing when I see it so that we're on the same page the entire time. And, you know, I'm trying to drum up the positive part, right? And so I have my back turned to her, and I'm looking at something in the corner of a wall with my flashlight. She's kind of looking around. She's like, Kyle. She just stopped me. She's like, Kyle, are you just trying to be really agreeable with me? And I just said right away, I was just like, yeah. Because <laughs> I was. <laughs> hey, I'll, question for you. Yeah. What What is like, I'm sure you've been to a lot of houses. Yeah. What, what is like the worst thing you've ever seen? Oh, God, that's such a hard question to answer. Probably because there's so much of it, right? Well, kind of. I mean, the worst, one of the worst. Maybe the scariest, the worst thing, the most dangerous, the the house you'll never forget. Okay. You know Um, what I mean? Okay, bad roof leaks, uh, horizontal cracks in the foundation, especially if they're a quarter inch or more, uh, you know, wide. Um, let's see, uh, this one isn't like really bad cause it's, it's pretty, it's, it's like just a common thing with older houses where they have a stone foundation. They have mm-hmm. a bunch of mortar holding the stones together. Mm-hmm. The mortar starts crumbling after a while. You could stick your screwdriver right through the freaking foundation. Um, that's kind of like repairing a chimney though. You have to repoint it. You know, is it going to cost a lot? It might, you know, right. but there's always a solution. So it's those things. Um, I'm trying to think what else it's like, well, okay, let's say you have, you don't have like a you don't have like a, a house that you remember distinctly like you walked in. Uh, I, well, I was gonna get it oh, one okay. thing. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no. Th- so, um, uh, 
And you know, well, here's the other thing. I can't really answer that question because everybody has a different perspective. So one right. client will, will think this thing's super awful, then the next client won't care. Right. So for me, it's really more like, what do they think is, what is important to them? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can't really answer that question, not because I haven't seen it, but it's also because it's not in front of me. Gotcha. Right now where we have microphones and stuff, like right. I'm not thinking about it because I don't have to do it right now. Right. It's a very meditative, meditative process to be an inspector, at least for me, mm. where, you know, I, I've literally arrived like at an inspection and literally 60 seconds before that, I'm about to cry over some, some shit that happened with a friend of mine or whatever, like, like literally. Right. And once I get in there, I say a friendly hello, everything disappears in my life. Right. It's and like, that's part of why I love my job. Yeah, it's like a flip of a switch. Yeah. Just, yeah. But here's one thing that I do hate um, is when I find microbial growth in an attic. What is that? So that, that's a, it's mold, basically, or some, okay. some kind of like basically like a fungus growing okay. in there, right? So what that normally indicates is that there's a moisture retention issue in the attic. How does that happen? Because the attic isn't being vented very well. So um, there's different kinds of venting systems. I'm not going to go into detail. Okay. Um, no, I don't want to. That takes too long. Right. Um, but but no, but there's moisture in the, the yeah. attic. And, and so there's that. And when, that, when, when you see that, there's a good chance, let's say in the wintertime, that's when you find that stuff. Hmm. It's been around in the summer, the winter, that microbial growth. If you see that, that's also an indication that uh, the attic is getting overheated in the summer. So two problems. One, in the wintertime. You know, there's moist air in there. You know, it's it's contributing to that microbial growth. That's a possible health concern. Is it a really bad one? No, but it's still something to consider. Right. Now, here's the thing. Seeing that, that signal there with the microbial growth, really, the other thing is that that's going to signal to you that the attic may be overheating. And sometimes you just go in the attic and you know already. Yeah. You know, because you're in the hot attic. But if it's wintertime, you still have to look for those clues, right? The thing is... If your attic is overheating, that shortens the life of your roof. Oh, shit. That's why I don't like talking about that one. Yeah. Because it's just because then you have to adjust the venting system, do some tr- construction. Yeah, it's, you're talking dollars at that point. Sometimes, here's the thing sometimes it's easy. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a matter of um, there's something called uh, baffles, or they call them proper vents, mm. quote unquote proper vents. They're, the, 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 they're these styrofoam things that you can put between the um, roof decking in the attic and the insulation. There's something called a soffit vent. So the soffit is the part of the roof in the house where, um, you know how the roof and like the, like kind of, you know, it's at the part of the wall, you know, and it's kind of like a triangular shape or whatever. Small little corner. You know, and it's like that there's that little underside of the roof. So sometimes, well, a lot of the time houses have soffit vents, which is uh, spaces to let air go through that into the attic. Ideally, you have a ridge vent, which is that, that, you know, the top pointy part of the roof. Sometimes you'll see, um, folks, look for it. Uh, if you see, like, kind of a weird gap, kind of, like, on the top of the roof, it's like, where's that? Why are the shingles a little higher than that? That's because there's an airspace to allow from the soft. I've seen vent. that before. Yeah, so, you I've know. I've seen that before. And, and some people don't, but then I start talking about it, and I'm like, oh, like, some people, when I when yeah, people are like, like, oh, like that's... Amazed. And they And I love that part. It's like, it's oh, crazy. I, you know, I taught them it, something. It's crazy how much you have to know. Oh, I know. A, I, a I, had, I had no idea what I was getting into. I was fucking terrified for the first three months of my training because I was uh-huh. like, am I even going to, like, you know. You're very articulate with each detail. And yes. um, honestly, like, you killed it today. You you were over here like, I didn't know. I didn't know. I don't know how to do, you know, you were in front of the camera like, oh, you know. Was I supposed to? <laughs> I know. Was I, was, I'm not used to being on the podcast, this yeah. and that, but I think you did really good. Mm, thanks. Uh, and uh, we, can I say one other thing? Yeah. Okay, because you were saying detail oriented. I'm just. 
All right, I'm going to just show off and strut my stuff, okay? Do it. This is all about advertising for you and letting people know about you and your business. And I kind of forgot about that until now. But anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, the thing is, like, so my software, I was just curious because there are a lot of checkboxes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, these days, like, I've gone done it so many times, it doesn't feel like anything anymore. It's just, okay, here's a report. I'm doing it. Here's the software. I counted it just because I was curious. How many things am I really looking at and, and like, reporting on? So I counted each individual, like, different thing that's, like, on its own separate thing, right? Mm-hmm. Some of it's kind of grouped together, but not really. Like, Yeah, it's all categorized. And then here's the thing. I did it without, um, like, multiplying numbers of rooms and then extra checkboxes there. I just did a very basic, like, like there's nothing there. Yeah. Um, I think I even excluded the garage section, too. Shit. Give or take 276 points of criteria, individual points of criteria plus... Um, for a three to four hour inspection. So I have to pick up on Jeez. all of that in three fucking hours. Wow. And when I counted that, just because I was curious, I was like, what am I really doing here? Is it, is it, is, am I really doing that much? Yep. And I got that number. I was like, damn, Kyle, go, baby. Yeah. Like, you know. Hey, so um, I love it. Okay. Yeah. So I guess we're at the end. Huh? I do. We are at, the, we flew by that we hour did. and change flew oh by so quick. <laughs> Um, I'm sure everyone listening is going to know that you, uh, definitely know how to do your job and you do it well and very detail oriented, like we just discussed. And I feel like if I was buying a house, I would call you just to make sure that, uh, you know, I don't buy something horrible, uh, <laughs> or if you at least know what it is, so then you can fix it. Right? right. I could make my own decision and not have any surprises down the line. Yep. Uh, why don't we just, uh, let everybody know where they could find you, where they could reach you if they have any questions or if they want you to uh inspect any homes for them or anything like that okay so uh this is where i'm bad at the podcast part so <laughs> so like what do you want me to say exactly Just anywhere like, that they could reach out any where they could find you your business how they can okay, contact yeah, this is you obvious, i guess yeah so um uh yeah so you know i got my number 203-980-4519 that was probably too quick for you to write it down but you could you know this is the internet phase so you could just skip back just go to that back, part yeah <laughs> 203 Nine eight zero four five one nine. I'm based in New London County, but I'll, I'll go wherever wherever you need the house inspected. Just don't take me down to freaking Kent because it's like down in the boonies and pain in the <laughs> ass to get to. But I never go. That's I'm, it's very rare that I do anything outside of New London County, but that's where I'm based. Okay. Um, I do residential and commercial. Um, a few other things too, like draw inspections. I do the raid on the water. Um, and uh, you know, you could find me when I drive by. I got the signage on my car. Uh, I got my website, uh, National Property Inspections, New London County. Um, I also have my YouTube series, Helpful Home Tips with Kyle. Um, you know, you can see a little bit. I, I talk about a few things. Uh, it's 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 sort of details slash general information on those things. Um, you know, but the, it was kind of and the show is kind of fun. Whatever. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I send emails out. Look for the emails. I send out coupons. Um, 15, awesome. 15% discount for veterans. Uh, you know, pay attention to the emails because those coupons, you have to print them out and present them to me or else you're not getting a discount. But guess what? You can save some money. So yes. look out for them emails. Awesome. Awesome, so. man. Well, thank you for coming. I think uh, for someone who was worried about being on a podcast, you did really well. And, <laughs> hey, you got to uh, jump in, man. Yeah, yeah. You definitely killed it. And uh, you definitely know your things about houses and all that. Um but I do want to mention before we go that uh, next week will be the year anniversary of the show, and we're going to have a nice little get-together uh, and have some drinks, some food, and a 
more of a festive type of episode. So if you no guys are listening, shit. yeah, the year a year flew by, man. Son of a bitch. A Good year for you. flew by. Yeah, we we've been we've been killing it a year. <laughs> Uh, a week, uh, episode every week for a year. That's uh, hard. Something to celebrate and uh, never missed a beat. And even when I got COVID, never missed a beat. We went right oh, you through got it. it. Oh yeah, I had it in Glad August. Yeah, no. Ew. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, like, share, subscribe, and and tell your friends about it. Uh, if you know anybody or if you are interested in coming on the show, uh, you know where to find me. And, uh, yeah, thank you again, Kyle, for coming. Hey, and, thank uh, you for having me on. This yeah. was really good. I appreciate yeah. this. I will be in touch when I buy a house. Hey, okay. okay. All right. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> All right, guys. See you next week.